Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Hello everybody, this is Mike from the One Stop Co-op Shop with our weekly podcast, and today we have someone who's not on the podcast too often. It is from the main YouTube channel, Colin. Hello, so good to be here, Mike. Yeah, so great to have you, man. You and I have not talked, like verbally we're, we're talking on discord all the time but i've not talked verbally in quite a while i know i was still so ticked when i saw jason had already met you and i go i still haven't even met mike in person this is ridiculous we've got to change that soon i haven't met Barrett either so so yeah. you know you, you're not the last at least <laughs> that's true it's us minnesotans we haven't we haven't left our little den here apparently yeah you're probably wiser for that <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it is great to have you here, uh, Colin. We're going to do a slightly uh, shorter episode because Colin is in the middle of nightmare time with his financial <laughs> job, so uh, we don't want to keep him too long. So we're just going to uh, talk a bit about what we've been playing, and then we're going to get into a review of role-player adventures. Peter didn't join me for this one because he hasn't played it yet, primarily because I'm still trying to finish the last couple scenarios with my son. <laughs> nice. So how old is your son? Nine years old. Okay, okay. And you feel like the story works for a nine-year-old? So far, absolutely. Uh, they're, awesome. they're, uh, and I mean, I will say we've made almost all of the nice choices, so that that helps. <laughs> but there's still some disturbing things that happen, regardless of how nice you are. And, and so far, he has not been scarred by any of them that I know of. Good, good. Is he reading at all, or are you doing most of the he reading? He reads a ton. Oh, oh, you mean in the game? Um, sometimes, but certainly... It's not that he, he's actually a very good reader, but he prefers me to read it. Okay, totally. Well, uh, knowing you, you probably do voices and you get into kind of almost an acting style. So I totally understand. I was just curious. See, you would think that, but actually I read in a monotone a la Ben Stein in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, sure. <laughs> yes, this is Mike and we're That's reading right. this story. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's how you keep nine-year-olds engaged. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have an eight-year-old and I'll tell you, that'll keep him really engaged if I did that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, before we get into uh, talking about our games and uh, role-player adventures, let's thank some of our amazing Patreon supporters. Uh, if you don't know, we recently uh, switched over to even more cool bonuses for Patreon supporters. Specifically, we have at least two and often more totally exclusive videos on Patreon every month. You cannot see these anywhere else. We have uh, discussions of different things like top horror movies, uh, the worst games we played last year, and other negative things like that, other positive things. So just uh, lots of great content. You also get double entries in our contests. You get uh, to see our videos early. You get to like vote on games we play sometimes. It's like lots of cool stuff. So yeah, if you are able, we would love to have your support. And uh, you can also just come talk to us on Discord. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channels, the streaming one and the regular one. Uh, anyway, you want to show your love for One Stop Co-op Shop, we really appreciate it. But let's talk a bit about what we've been playing recently. Colin, what's uh, been on your table? I know we've seen what you've recorded, but uh, what else have you been playing? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I've been doing is going through some older games like Zaya. Uh, just absolutely uh, loving pulling that out again and trying the solo campaign. And then I also just recently, you'll see this on the channel in a week or so, is Star Wars Outer Rim. Pulled that one out. Uh, so just having a lot of fun going down memory lane. Oh, another one is CO2. Uh, I decided I kept trying it, giving up on it, trying it, giving up on it. I finally just pushed through it. I played it with my wife and we ended up really liking it. So I'm actually working on a playthrough of that one right now. Wow, um, look at you. That's that's uh, one of the Lacerda's I've not played. And that's, I think, his only like fully cooperative one before the On Mars uh, expansion scenarios that he did. 
You've got it. That's the whole reason why I have it is when it came out as fully cooperative and it's Monica's first four out of five complexity game. And yeah, she rocked it. She basically uh, made it. So we won. (laughs) Yes. Monica. Yeah. Drag Colin to the finish line because he can't do it himself. (laughs) Oh, no. That amount of puzzling. I am not good at But she's like, oh, well, if we do this with that thing, move that thing and then build this plan, then this will work. I'm like, great. Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's what I've been playing. How about you, Mike? Uh, let's see. Uh, actually, some competitive stuff. I, uh, I, a billion years ago, kickstarted Epic uh, Card Game, I think is the full name. That's by uh, Wise Wizards. It also does Hero Realms and Star Realms. And it's kind of like a exaggerated Magic the Gathering. Like you generally only play one card a turn, but every card is like the most powerful card you would normally get in Magic. And he loves it. So I bought all the expansions I could find and we're just playing a lot of that. I've been finishing up. I'm devi- I'm designing a solo and co-op variant unofficial for Super Fantasy Brawl, which is a sort of squad-based, card-based skirmish battling game. And I'm really happy with how that's turning out. I've just been testing the 2v2 co-op recently to make sure that works, and it's going really well. Nice. Um, and then, I mean, New Sentinels. I already did a video of that, though, so I guess people might already know I'm playing that. And I'm trying to catch up on like delivered Kickstarters. So I, I'm just, I just started cracking open my copy of Uprising that you, I know, really enjoyed, Colin. I absolutely love that one. Right now, Barrett has my copy. Otherwise, I'd be playing it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, I'm very excited because at least right now, although we're getting snow tomorrow, a 20 pound package from Colin is arriving yes. tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of games. I, I don't even remember what you sent me, dude. Do you remember what's in there? Oh, I remember. Dire Wild, the new G.I. Joe game. You've got Korra Quest, Arkham, two Jeez, Arkham man. things. That's yeah, right. You're gonna be you're gonna be busy. Yeah, I'll be busy for a while. Wow. Yeah, I forgot it was all of that. Yeah. By the way, I totally forgot to say the names of some of our patrons, but I thanked our patrons in general. I didn't thank them specifically. So a special thank you this week to Marie Laporte, who is a co-op fan, Kyaw Thurin, who is a co-op lover, and Marcin Madziars, who is a co-op MVP. So thank you to the three of you and all of our supporters. And yeah, that's what's been on uh, my table. Oh, what was? I feel like there's one other thing. I should know what this is. I just put it away, and it was like violent. And my son came over and he was like, "Hey, what's that bloody?" Oh, I, I, that's right, that's right. I know what it is. A uh, townsfolk tussle. So uh, nice. unfortunately, we didn't have enough copies to give me one to keep. But honestly, is it unfortunate because how aggressively I call it might go away anyway. And then I just have to find somebody to take it. But yeah, uh, they, they sent a, a temporary review copy of Townsfolk Tussle, which I covered when it was on Kickstarter. Peter's Bargain right now, so we can do a podcast in the future. And I'm going to send it to another reviewer. And yeah, I really enjoyed that one. In fact, I think I might have sold Colin on trying to get a copy, uh, just to, describing some of the good points about it. I will say I am going to get it on Friday. So yes, you did sell me on it. Yep. Now, can you tell me what you traded for it? I just want to know, like, the skinny. Oh, man. I don't even... You have to realize I sold and traded games. Uh, I think it was about seven or eight boxes at the same time. So I don't remember. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds terrible. Well, and, and you were picking up the 20-pound box for me. So, you know, it all gets... It's just a blur. It really is. You know, unfortunately, they, they come and they go kind of quickly. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to get to play that. Uh, One quick thing I'll say, but you'll hear about this more in my review. We had several concerns when we played the prototype with uh, balance and losing actions and stuff. And man, they did a really good job addressing basically all of them. So so kudos to the development team for hearing the feedback from us and other players and uh, actively addressing it. That's fantastic. That is really cool. 
as a designer myself, it's what I want to see from designers and not kind of like this stubbornness where it's like, this is the game. You must play and enjoy the game. (laughs) (laughs) You must be in pain while you play this. Well, then I'm just going to play a different game. I mean, that's the thing. That makes it easier to call your game. So there you go. All right, well, speaking of something that maybe we'll call, maybe not, we're going to be doing a review of role-player adventures. Colin did a one playthrough on this so far. Maybe more will come. I did a playthrough back when it was on Kickstarter. I did my review video already, so uh, you might hear some redundancies there, but Colin's thoughts are all new. <laughs> That's exciting, at least. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, for those who don't know, a solo and cooperative game. It's based on the role-player theme and background. That's by the same publisher, who is, why am I forgetting? <laughs> Who publishes role player oh, adventures? Thunder, Thunderstone. Thunderworks. No. Thunderworks. I think it's Thunderworks. Yeah. We'll, we'll look it up. We'll, we'll, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> Hold on. I got a role player adventure. I got it right now. Oh, oh, it is Thunderworks Games. Yeah, there we go. We got it. We got it, everybody. We got the first try. No, no, no. Second guessing whatsoever. Yeah, we knew that right off the get go. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, role player originally is a dice placement game where you're building a character, like in an RPG, sort of a D and D ish, like getting a three through eighteen statistics and such. But uh, role player adventures, you can take those characters into the game, but it is also an entirely separate product and it is a choose your own adventure, sprawling, epic adventure game with dice rolling for tests, but also just a lot of choices and leveling up and such. And uh, yeah, it's a how many scenarios is it? I think it's 12. Well, it's 12, 11, 11 plus the side, plus the side one. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say so far. And they have indicated that they have more content coming. We'll find out if we're excited about that. But we're going to get into our review. If you have not listened before, uh, we go through the five things that stand out the most about the game and the experience of playing it to us. Might be pros, might be cons, might be anywhere in between. And then we'll end with our final thoughts. So, Colin, uh, why don't you start off? What was your number five for role player adventures? So my number five was actually a mix. I had some things I liked about it and some things that I didn't as much. And this is something that I don't think you've experienced yet, Mike. And that's the expansion that adds in the backstory. You you haven't played with that, right? I, I didn't. Yeah, they didn't send that to me in my review copy. I did get a review copy for this one. I thought about buying it, but we're just about done our first playthrough. And I can't imagine playing through it more than maybe one more time. So I don't know if I need it. But yeah, to tell, tell us about it. Yeah, so I mean, the, the expansion provides a ton of different backstories. So if you think about role player adventure, the game itself, one of the things that you choose when you're going to play that game is a backstory card and you try and complete that uh, for role player. So for role player adventure, they give you a backstory and it's got this cool, you know, you, you, well, you have a backstory and then you have uh, up to four different locations within the scenarios that you may find. And then you'll, you'll have your own specific encounter in that location. And it can change your alignment. So then you're using an alignment. And at the end of whichever adventure that you have done your final encounter that deals with your backstory, you're then judged by this snake serpent character. And you get some certain uh, benefits or detriments depending upon what you did, which is cool. So that, that sounds awesome. But where's the mix come in? Well, first of all, I really, really loved that you get this backstory and you can create that and make kind of make your own story because most of role player adventure you're going to do together. So a lot of times it feels like, well, why am I even my own character? Because we can't separate. We're always doing things together. We're doing tests together. The backstory is only you as a character. So that's really cool. I really like that. Everyone note that Colin hates friendship. 
It's like, why <laughs> have to stay with these other people? Why, why can't I go off like dungeon crawler style and punch that guy over there? Well, exactly. <laughs> I'm always the person that's like, can we split the party? <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it's fun to have that personal agency. And you don't, you don't get that in the game overall, the backstory you do. The disadvantage, the thing that I didn't love about it is two things. One, with uh, two-player, they do recommend you play with two backstories. I really don't. When you have two backstories, you get eight of these encounters, which is cool, but they don't tie together at all. Mm. And it's kind of, uh, it felt very disjointed. It's it's Uh, like you're two characters in one body. Yeah. Yeah. So already, you know, you're kind of this one, one entity with the players that you're playing the game with. Then you have these side stories, but then the side stories weren't linking because you're doing these two different backstory so i it didn't work as well as i thought it would when my wife and i were playing it uh so if i ever played it again i would pick only one backstory the the second part that i didn't love about it was that it made almost no effect i mean pretty much no effect on the main story i was hoping that your backstory would somehow change or affect you know you might get a keyword that then changes Mm. something within the actual main campaign and it doesn't happen you just get certain cards maybe or you might get a boost in a stat but that's about it so it was a really cool idea but you can totally feel like or you can totally tell it's an add-on it's not something where if you think of sleeping gods with the expansion from sleeping gods how that integrated was amazing because literally it was just a whole other map and and you had stories and it it finished the map is like the thing that i like yeah exactly now the only bad thing about that is you get the base game you feel like you have an incomplete game which you don't but but (laughs) yes Um, uh, but but overall i would say it's a mix i i don't know you definitely don't need it to enjoy the game it is a benefit but it's not something that i feel like will make or break the game for you Okay, well, I feel like you've confirmed that I don't need to get it, but do you think if you had known that going in, you would have enjoyed it more? If you had only used one and you had known that it wasn't going to tie into the main story, so that hadn't been like an expectation that was dashed? Mm, Yeah, you know what? That is a good point. And yes, I do think I could enjoy it a lot more knowing that. Because I was thinking, oh, this is a backstory. And you start off and it's like these events happen and you're okay. And you're thinking, okay, so when I'm going to go to these places, things are going to happen. It's going to change the story. And then as I was going, I was like, oh, no, that's not happening. <laughs> so, so you're right. I think that was the disappointment. If I knew ahead of time that wasn't the case, I think that then it's just a nice, enjoyable add-on. But once again, it's not something that you need to still enjoy role-player adventure the game. Well, there you go. We've got our public service announcements. Play the way Colin said. <laughs> And going with your eyes open. <laughs> all right, so my number five is a pretty important one for this one. It's one I tend to mention with all, all these types of games that are not one-offs in this case, but like could be seen as having limited replay, is uh, the value and the replay value kind of overall. And that's a uh, mix for me. First of all, this is a very expensive game. Again, I got a review copy, luckily, but uh, retail is, I think, 120 MSRP. And then yes. the cheapest I've seen it is still over 100 Now, the pro side of that is that, at least in my opinion, you are getting your money's worth in terms of the components. I think they've got a lovely storage solution with these game trays, and it's not like wasted space with game trays. They they pack in very cleanly into the box. You've got really nice uh, booklets for multiple scenarios, beautiful color maps for each one. Can I jump in, Mike? Because you can also... I could even fit the expansion into the base box. That's great. I, I, yeah. I like, and, and the thing is, my box didn't feel empty when I just had the base game. So it's not like a negative that you can fit the expansion in there. It's just like a bonus that they thought of that. Exactly. Because that means that you don't have an, <laughs> the box is huge. 
Yes. Uh, there's a lot in there. And so being able to have only one box is super beneficial, I think. Sorry, keep going. But yeah, so, so I think this is the kind of thing where you're paying a lot, but I, I don't I don't look at the game and be like, wow, look at the money people wasted on this. I think the the money is in the game. You know what I mean? Like you see what you paid for. And and then kind of along the same lines, the replay value. This is one that I can see someone wanting to play through it three times because there's a lot of either or choices. And then there's also sort of not not necessarily only three paths, but kind of three main paths or three main factions, if you will, to ally with and go down. So I think it's got probably three solid plays in it. But even on the second play, you're going to be seeing a lot of the same stuff. Like the core things don't change, at least in what I've seen, maybe in the last few scenarios. Um, (laughs) The core things don't change that much. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, uh, the big question I say is uh, either how many different groups you're going to play this with or who can you let borrow it or, or do you like trading or selling games? Wait, 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 you missed one. Or do you mind holding on to it and waiting for an expansion? Well, that's true. They said there's more expansion content, and that, that's another challenge for me because, like, <laughs> you know, once I'm done with the giant box, is it going to be a case where I need to keep all of that just so I can play, like, the books that come for the next one? You know what I mean? Or will it be a standalone? So, the yeah. The answer it, is yes, Mike. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just so kidding. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm not going to call this a pro or a con because I think it depends entirely on your situation and your preferences. But I think if you buy this game for like $108 and then trade it to somebody for something really good or sell it for 80 bucks after like pay, playing through everything, you will have more than, more than gotten your money's worth. Um, or if you just really love it. And especially if you can play like solo and also play with family and also play with your game group and you don't mind kind of seeing the same stuff because you enjoy the experience of playing with them again, could be fully worth the value. But it is one that is expensive enough and potentially limited enough in the play in the core game that it's it's just a concern you need to kind of think through for yourself. Mike, that was a great number five. I loved it. Thanks for that. So my, <laughs> my number four is a pro, a full-on pro, and that is the integration with the base game of role player. Not only is it with the base game, but it's also with the expansion. And so what's really fun about that is that you can go and play either a solo game, a competitive game, or whatever game you want to with role player, include the familiars expansion and the monsters and minions expansion play that game take that character port it into role player adventure because that was always my biggest negative of role player yes. was that <laughs> i make this awesome character or this goofy character you know who is dumb and whatever but it's getting me victory points but i make this cool character and then what do i do with it nothing put it in the box well here now you can go on this entire 11 chapter adventure with it I just think that was such a unique and simple thing that they could do that really ported their games together. I've seen so many people go, well, I'm buying role player just because then I can port it into role player adventure. It was a genius idea. And I think that it's actually, it works well in the integration. Monica and I actually played with preset characters, but I've done a couple now on my own just to see how it would work where we did a role player game and then ported in and it, it works great. You're not too overpowered, but you've got unique things going on for your character that you got to pick during that game. Anyways, I think that's cool. I thought that was a really nice addition to the game, making it connect to their other series of games. Yeah, totally agree on that. I've not done it personally because of the same thing you said in your number five, that it's not a game that's necessarily focused on your individual character anyway. But I agree that it's genius that they did it in a marketing sense and also like just kind of really cool. Like what game has done that before? What game has taken a totally different game, like not even slightly like the new game, and then just like totally integrated them in such a clever way? 
Well, I would say I always hear the complaint about role player that, oh, well, I make this character. It doesn't do anything. Well, they answered that question, right? Yeah. I mean, that's so cool. And I, I just think that uh, they're listening to the people that love their games. And to me, that is a huge win. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right, my number four is also a full pro, and that is a focus on the story, although I'll talk more about the story in general later. The moral choices the game presents to you. I've said many times on the podcast and in some of my video reviews that I'm a big fan of choose your own adventures and just like kind of the concept of a branching story based on your choices. Uh, That's something that I was a huge fan of from when I was a little kid, when I was playing the old choose your own adventure books and lone wolf and fighting fantasy and all this stuff. I love that. And what are my favorite choices? Challenging moral choices. The best example I can think in video games, this game is famous for these, is The Witcher 3. And this game has it really well, too. The factions, I'm not sure which one I like. And even after I've played through almost the entire (laughs) campaign, I'm still not sure which one I like because they all have good sides. They all have bad sides. Pretty much every choice you're presented with, you can see the bad and the good. And they also like flip things on you when you think you've done the right thing. It kind of turns out a way differently than you thought it would just to kind of challenge what you think. And I think that's how morality works in the real world, right? It's not a simple yes, no. It's not a simple good, evil question in most cases. So I appreciate this from a story standpoint and I appreciate it from a kind of an agency standpoint. Like I feel like my choices are more important and the choices of my group because they seem to go in such interesting directions. It's not like, I feel like a lot of video games and to an extent branching board games as well, but video games I see this even more. It's like you have the evil path or the good path and they're exaggerated to its ridiculous degree. It's like, do you kill the old lady or do you marry her? And there is no in between, (laughs) you know? And and like that, that's fun in a way, you know, to like be like full on dark Jedi or good Jedi, but this game does it the right way. I love the choices in this one. And I will say that with the backstory, that is not nearly as much of the case because mm. you could almost always tell whenever you had a choice for that and that would determine your alignment, whether you're evil, chaos, good, lawful, it was very easy to tell which way your marker was going to go based on your response to whatever was happening with your backstory. And that, like I said, was a bit of a bummer compared to the story, just like what Mike is saying here. That's not the case. And that's the best part. You like each faction for different reasons and you dislike each faction for other reasons. And they did a great job of that. So you don't ever, you're not making choices of what's good or what's bad. You're making more choices of, oh gosh, what would my character do here? Because, you know, there isn't a, oh, we're going to go the good path. There isn't that. Instead, it's, it almost forces you to kind of think as your characters. You're going, well, what would our characters do? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I can't just go good or bad here because I don't know which way that is. And so I feel like they did a great job with that. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Colin, but there are several times where my son and I made a choice and then afterwards, like when something happened, we were like, oh, my God, we should not have done that. <laughs> so many times. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm actually imagining one in Chapter 3 and one in Chapter 5 specifically that we were like, oh, this is the this is the good thing to do. Because, you know, we generally tend to lean towards good. And it ended up that was not the good thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That was such a great one, Mike. That was a good one. 
All right, what you got for number three? Okay, number three, another pro for me, and that is the main mechanisms of the game. So the mechanisms of the game, most of the time you're reading and making choices, but there is a really fun element of the dice and card manipulation of the game. So you're going to have a mitt of cards, and I call it a mitt for a reason. Uh, You have a mitt of cards (laughs) that whenever you do these skill tests, you're going to roll these dice in, and then you're going to play your cards to manipulate the dice. And that puzzle is fun. And even though we played and did that puzzle for 12 chapters, we still enjoyed the puzzle. Now, later on, I might talk about more of what happens as the game goes along. But that puzzle itself is one of the big things that kept bringing my wife back to the game. She loves puzzles, just like with CO2. She loves puzzles and loves solving them. So we would, you know, it was a great way. I'm thinking of Legacy of Dragonhold. We really liked Legacy of Dragonhold, but we lost playing it after a little bit because there wasn't a puzzle. You, you'd have these stats and, and, and you just kind of read and go through it. And there wasn't any tests or anything like that. With role player adventure, you have that. And it's, it feels like you have some, what's that word, agency even? Because between the different scenarios, you can level up. And so you can go, well, you know, we weren't able to play enough cards there. So let's boost up our card plays for the next chapter. You know, stuff like that. I, I, I feel like they did a great job of providing a good puzzle with having the adventure at the same time. So you have a little bit of the best of both worlds there. Yep, and I agree. I feel like, Colin, you and I are going to flip-flop here because my number three, I think, might be your number two or number one. And then my number my number two is what you just talked about. <laughs> yeah, probably. So yeah, let, let's jump in with uh, my number three, which is the balance in the game. And this is a full-on 100% con. And this is probably the thing that if you've like gone through forums on BGG or whatever, you've probably seen complaints about this. Yeah, it is easy. And it is silly easy <laughs> as you go on. Colin talked about a mitt of cards. Uh, what he means is, uh, you know, you start out with a reasonable number of cards to adjust tests and stuff. I- I'm not even done with the entire campaign. And I think me and my son each have 20, 25 cards. We ended with 52. 52 oh my cards. God. I mean, literally, I would have stacks of, okay, these are all the ones that change the color. <laughs> these are all the ones that change to a number. These are all the ones that let us, you know, add plus one or minus one. It was insane. It was ridiculous. We literally could change any die to any number anytime we wanted, which was, yeah, above. And, and the problem is not that you have too many cards necessarily. The problem is that with those cards, with the experience you get, with the ability to play more cards that you get, with all these other like things you upgrade, at some point, I just never lost a test again. I mean, it, really, it was like after maybe scenario two, I think it was like the last time we lost a test. We lost one in chapter three against the big guy in chapter three, okay, which okay. was actually cool. And, um, and we came close to losing one there. So that uh, was tense. I loved that one. And then we were like, oh my gosh, we got to power up. So we went to the side quest and we had a blast. Actually, Monica's favorite is the side quest. She loved how the side quest worked. Oh, it's fun, man. It's fun. Oh, it's so much fun. But that was also easy and I never lost anything. <laughs> exactly. That was the problem is then we leveled up and then we went through and we're like, wait a second. By chapter six, we're going, um, yeah, I don't think we've lost anything since then. And so the, the bummer about that is that you have choices that sometimes you're going, well, do I want to do this test? Do I want to do that test? It became, well, I don't care. <laughs> well, and also, there's something I, I really love about Arkham, for example, with its fail-forward campaign nature. I'm going to lose sometimes. Those are tough scenarios, unless I'm playing on like super easy mode with a great deck. I'm going to have things go wrong. I'm not going to be able to accomplish some goals. And the story changes based on that. So I feel like the replay value is increased. 
I feel like the replay value here is decreased by the ease of the game because unless I like go out of my way to lose just to see what happens in some kind of like weird curiosity killed the cat like kind of situation, I'm only going to see winning paths. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense, but I do want to mention for people listening that this is a fail forward game. So yes. we we essentially lost to the boss in chapter three or whatever happens in chapter three. There's no boss. What am I talking about? <laughs> uh, we we had a bad thing happen in chapter three, but the story continues on. So this this is like Arkham where it continues forward. The only difference is that we get way too powerful way too quickly in this one. And then the tests become rote after a certain amount of time. Yeah. The tests are rote, but also like you said, you lost to a boss in chapter three, which means you got a keyword or something happened based on losing to that boss that changed something down the line. Right. It is true. We got to, well, and I'll talk about that later, but yes, yes, it is true. I'm never, I'm never going to experience that because I want every day of a test through the entire game, you know? Yep. So, so yeah. yeah. And, and one other thing, just real quick to finish this one up. Uh, Also the player balance. I think it's an odd game. Like Colin said, you're just like all together all the time. Only one person can really read at a time in the tests. Later on, you'll all have enough cards and enough plays to kind of be involved. But early on, like especially like in a three and four player group, you're only like playing maybe one card to influence everything. So I do like I've played it mostly two player and solo. Sounds like Colin, you played basically all two player, all two player. Yep. So so I'm not saying this from experience, but I do wonder if uh, three and four player could fall flat for some groups, especially if you're not heavily invested in the reading of the story by other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You need to have really invested and interested players to be able to have it work with three or four. Yeah. Uh, I, two, you're always invested because you're going back and forth. My, my wife loves reading, so she did all of the storybook reading. I did the encounter reading. It was perfect. It worked great. But I would not recommend this for three or four. It could work. And if you have a team or a group of people that love RPGs and, and love just listening to lore and, and a story, it'd be great. But other than that, I don't recommend it at three and four. Yeah. All right. So sorry, Colin. I went on for a little while, but uh, what's your number two? Well, no, I mean, you hit it on the on the head. My number two was just the balance and ease of play, especially. I mean, it's so funny because the first one to two chapters, I felt like it was perfect for difficulty. I mean, we yes. were scraping yes. by and it felt so good. And uh, we meet somebody at the end of chapter two and we have this big event and literally Monica and I were able to play a card to just pass it. And we were thinking, this game is the best game in the world. We were having so much fun. Felt so great at the beginning. I just wish they could have found a way to continue that. One of the things that they did, which I wish that they would, would have done more, is in that side quest, they steal some of your cards. And I think they need yes, to do that more. Yes. You know, all of a sudden you lose something, you lose a bunch of your assets. And then, and it was really cool actually to have that happen because when it did, Monica and I looked at each other and we're like, there's no way we're going to, we're going to beat anything here. And yet we did. So we realized that we could still do it even without those cards, right? It was, it was a really cool thing to be able to have to still puzzle out. And we didn't have those cards that we were used to having. Yeah. It, it changed the tenor of the tests because like you, you kind of lost an entire subset of your tools. Like suddenly yes. you couldn't change colors or suddenly you couldn't change the values. Numbers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I wish they had really leaned into that even more. And I think they could have done that in, in the campaign easily. Right. And I kept thinking and looking and waiting for it to happen. <laughs> and it didn't. Uh, no, I mean, maybe it did, uh, but I'm not going to say <laughs> um, it, it. I wish they would have done it more. You know, I think yeah. that that was a great idea and hopefully they'll get this as feedback. And from what we're seeing, they listen to feedback. So that's fantastic. And hopefully that means future adventures will be a little more challenging and they'll find ways because 
the hard part is, is they want you to feel like you level up. Yeah. But if we're going to level up, they then need to level up the enemies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking of in my mind is how Gloomhaven works. I know some people don't love it, but I personally do, where the enemy level is based upon the level of your characters. That's because then you kind of have this balance because you will have the problem. And I'm sure that Keith was worried about this, where if you do lose a lot, what would happen then is that you can't catch up. And so you just keep losing. You don't want to play a game that you can't, you keep losing. Well, yeah, because they made the potential, I kind of questioned this choice. They made the choice that to rest, you need to spend experience. And it's such a tiny cost that in your winning spree, it's never going to matter much. But yeah, I I can imagine if they rebalance it so that you lost like half the tests and had to rest all the dang time, then you wouldn't level very much. And a lot of the fun would be gone, I think. Exactly, because a lot of the fun of the game, well, a lot. I mean, I still think that the main fun of the game is the story, but there is a lot of fun that's involved after the story when you get to level up your characters and you get to see them grow, their stats grow, their health grows. You can all of a sudden play more cards during combat or roll more dice during combat. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a hard, it's a hard, hard balance. And for me, the balance wasn't right for the game, but my wife didn't want to stop playing and I didn't want to stop playing. So we played through all 12 adventures and that says something, even though <laughs> the balance was off, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good testament to the game itself. Absolutely. And the last thing I'll say, just kind of add on to this point, and then we'll leave it alone. This reminds me of Descent Legends of the Dark. In that I think both have flawed resource management that they meant to be more interesting than it is. So to explain what I mean for Descent Legends of the Dark, I think that they went from a better and more interesting for me stamina system with Imperial Assault and uh, Descent 2nd Edition. And I think that the new stamina was often not as interesting and the flipping of cards was often not as interesting as they had intended it for me. Personally, that was my feeling. I don't know if, Callan, you felt the same way about those particular mechanisms. I'm trying really hard not to say I agree, but I definitely... <laughs> I mean, in theory, like you said, in three, I love the flipping. It's so cool. But when do you do it? You right, know? exactly. That's, like, like yeah. they, they didn't get the balance of it right to be yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I think the same thing here. And actually, I think here it's a little bit more flawed because... They gave you, so you have a primary resource. Is, is it stamina or it's like, you know, your your cubes on the, the stats? Yeah, that's your stamina, then it becomes fatigue. So yes. you, yep, yep. Yeah, so they have this stamina fatigue system where you can spend, uh, so you're drawing dice from a bag and then you're rolling them and the dice are different colors, which then you match to like different requirements of color and value on the test to pass them. We kind of didn't get into all those mechanical things, which is really the only like heavy mechanical thing of the game. Um, <laughs> So the the kind of core resource you have, besides the cards themselves, and those are barely a resource because the vast majority of them can be used test after test after test with no consequences, except in combat where it's a little bit more limited. But the main resource they want you to kind of uh, grapple with dealing with is your stamina because you can spend that to draw a specific die from the bag. But Colin, I, 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 I think you probably felt the same way as I did. Because you get so many cards that change colors, and again, like part of that easiness, stamina didn't matter to us pretty quickly in the scenario and that's like the only supposedly intriguing resource management besides these once used cards and then again they made resting so cheap that i could get all my stamina back immediately anyway and get all my one use cards anyway so like i'm imagining a version of this game where i could use stamina for more things but it was tougher to get back and like 
I either had fewer cards or they would stay out of my hand longer and I would have to like make re- and resting was really expensive or would like change the storyline. Like I'm wasting time by resting instead of losing experience. So I get a worse ending, but oh my God, we got to rest. We, you know, or do we go and fight the vampire Lord right now? But then, you know, like we might lose, but if we rest to ensure we win, then he might've already completed his ritual. Like in my mind, I could see that being more interesting than what it was, which kind of combined with the balance issues was a bit of a letdown resource management wise for me yeah i will say that we stopped doing xp to level up our attributes after about chapter three. Oh yeah because it's it's not it's useless yeah, yeah there's yeah, so many we, <laughs> exactly we never used our attributes so what you can do is you can use those attributes to actually change the color of your dice instead of randomly pulling out of a bag but we would just end up pulling all the dice out of the bag rolling it up and then making the adjustments to the dice yeah, just, you, you the make it white if you want to <laughs> exactly i can make any die white i can make like four dice white i can make them all <laughs> white ones if i wanted you know uh so that was that was the thing yeah totally with you okay that's a good number two let's go talk to number one what do you think oh well geez i didn't that, sorry my number two i didn't get it my number two. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh i'm so sorry that was my number two let's go to your number two i'm sorry no, well, then, then I, I rambled on too much. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, so that, that was just a addendum to my number three and Colin's number two. <laughs> but here, I'll, I'll, I'll be fast now. My number two is the dice test. I agree with Colin. The puzzle is great. Even when it's easy, it's still fun. I'm done. There you go. Number one, Colin. Number one. Well, I mean, that's the thing. That That's what it is. It still is enjoyable. Okay, number one, and you know, we've kind of alluded to this, but the, the writing, it is one of the best writing that I've ever seen. So this is, first of all, it's a huge con, uh, huge pro, <laughs> a huge pro for me, not a con. Damn you and your literature. <laughs> the writing's so good, it's a con. I hate it, you know? <laughs> no, the, the what, what kept pulling us back is we actually cared about the story. There are so many games that you play. Descent, Legends in the Dark is one of them, where I could care less about the story. I just want to go and beat up some monsters. Hold on. I like the characters in Descent. I wanted to hear about yes. them. I did not care at all about the fifth ritual that the... <laughs> Did you feel like you were in an Arkham game sometimes in Descent? I was like, all right, just summon you know, Cthulhu and move on. Like I was like, I'm just playing Arkham again. Don't pretend it's Descent. I know you're doing Fantasy Flight. I see your coolness. They know which game is giving him the most money, right? Yep. It's got to be Arkham. So yes. it's probably... Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh that's but, but I you, Go ahead. No, no, no. That was totally awesome. So the writing is phenomenal. It is to the point where you literally feel like you're reading a story where you're getting to make decisions. And then what's amazing is that you you meet characters and these non-player characters you actually care about. There's characters that we were so bummed that later we had to turn on because yeah. of choices that we made. Or we had to decide, well, what are we going to do with that character? Are we going to go with them? Or are we not? And how is that going to affect the story? And then eight chapters later, all of a sudden that character comes back. We're like, really? It's coming back now? The finale is amazing by the way i loved the can't wait oh but but once again it was easy but it was still the story (laughs) and how all the things combined and the okay these are the things that's going to happen based upon our decisions that we've made throughout the entire 11 chapters the flow was wonderful the the writing was interesting yeah so to me the adventure experience was great and i just can't get enough and i just appreciate the amount of work that they spent to have a good solid story with characters that you care about because that was really what made us come back to this game over and over again even if the balance was off and it was easy to win it was still amazing to play so that was my number one mine too Yep. I agree with everything Callan said, because I, I know it went long. I'll keep it short. Yep. I, <laughs> it, is, it is the best writing I've seen in a game like this. That's saying something, because I've played a lot. 
yeah. And yeah, I, I like. I think it's better than Sleeping Gods writing. I think it's better than Legacy oh, yeah. of Dragonhold writing. I think it's yeah. better than most of the choose your own adventure books, like novels I've mm-hmm. read. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, just to kind of uh, piggyback on what Colin said, probably my favorite thing is the characters and how they move forward and like they are important. Like you meet NPCs and you don't know if they're going to come back. And like nine times out of 10, they do end in interesting or terrifying or grueling ways, you know, yes, in meaningful ways. ways. that you're not prepared for. Yes. You, know, you think, okay, this guy's going to come back here. No, 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 he's not going to come back. He's going to come back from something totally different, happening from a different book because they've got this encounter book and they've got the storybook. But then what happens is a lot of times you'll encounter the characters that you've had in the storybook before at different times. And all of a sudden it's like... It, happens at a totally different part of the story. And you're like, why, wait, wait, why are you here? And then, <laughs> you know, the encounter tells you what's happening. You're like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Uh, and so it was just always fun whenever you met a new NPC, both Monica and I would go, okay, when are we going to see him next? When are we going to see him next? You know, like, we wanted to know. And that was, yeah, it was fun. So I keep talking. Sorry, Mike. No, no, no I, I agree with you hundred percent. So I'll go right into my final thoughts for this one. This is an expensive game and it's a ton of reading and it's way too easy. So that's why it was one of my top games of last year. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, like, gosh, you know, it was it was near the top in a lot of I, I did multiple lists for some dang reason. And it was near the top on all of them. The writing, the immersion of the story. And again, like Colin and I both said, the fact that the tests are fun, even if I go in knowing we're going to figure out eventually, there's no way with. This entire toolbox full of a thousand cards, we're not going to have a way to solve this puzzle, but figuring out which cards to use, that's fun. <laughs> so yep. yeah, it was consistently fun. I like the mechanics. I love the story, but also I am someone who can, tra- you know, I can let all my friends borrow this and play through it too. Even if I had paid for it, I would get my value out of it. So I still have to say it's a lot of money to spend. You need to be ready for a ton of reading. I'm not sure it's going to work great for three and four players. Like there's a lot of caveats here. But still, uh, one of my favorite adventure experiences of this past year, for sure. Yeah, I think I was just looking while you were talking, and I ranked it for 2021 games as my number three. Wow. Yeah, that's saying something, even though the balance was the way that it was and how easy it was. Because we played it every Friday night, and both Monica and I would always look forward to every Friday night that we'd get this one out and play it. And that, to me... The only other game that we've really done that with is Unsettled. And mm. between Unsettled and Role Player Adventure, those two have been phenomenal. This that was year. your number one, right, Colin? That was, yes. Yeah, Unsettled was my number one. And, and where did Sleeping Gods end up? Sleeping Gods ended up sixth. Okay, that's 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 better than I thought after we talked about it again. I know we talked a bit about how Role Player Adventures had not unseated it, but superseded it, uh, exceeded it in some way. Yeah, it definitely did just because of the connecting story and and the NPCs. I mean, the nice part about Sleeping Gods is that I've played three full campaigns. I don't think I'm going to do that with role-player adventure. I've played it once all the way through. I'm going to have it sit for a year. I'm hopefully going to let some of my friends borrow it. And then when the expansion comes out, hopefully they do one for a new storybook. I'll get it back and play again at that point. But I have no need to go through the story again. That was a phenomenal experience. But for me, it's a one-time experience. I've got yep, so yep. many games to play. That's, you know, in, in an age where we have so many games, so many games are coming out, it's hard to spend that amount of time on a game you've already played, right? So, but like you said, you can easily loan it, gift it, or trade and and get at least most of your money's worth. I feel like I have gotten all my money's worth and some from it. That's great. All right, so a pretty strong recommendation for both of us with you being aware of the caveats we both said, <laughs> which are many. Uh, so yeah, that's role player adventures. Colin's number three of the year, and okay, now I gotta check. 
It was. Oh, there we go. Number nine. Number nine. Nice. Right behind Final Girl and eight places ahead of Sleeping Gods, which was my number 17. Yeah, except for the seventh continent, which clearly is not a 2021 game. It was my highest ranked or like narrative exploratory experience game, I would say. I don't know. Is that is that a good thing? <laughs> How many of those did you play, Mike? I mean, that, that's that's. Well, uh, to, to give you an example, uh, like Bloodborne was on here, Dice mm. Throne Adventures, Sleeping mm. Gods, Waste Nights, and then a bunch that did not make the cut. Like Descent was like number twenty five out of the t- top twenty list. So no, I, I played a lot of like adventure and sort of like st- games with some measure of story in them, and I would say Role Player Adventures was the highest ranked one with a strong story for sure. Nice. Okay, good. Well, that makes me super happy. I mean, I was very hopeful that, and I thought you would enjoy it. I just, I knew that that balance could be something that would bother you. So didn't I get you to back this one? Wasn't I, you're talking like you pushed me into this game. I think I pushed you into this game. (laughs) That's a good point. Touche lemonade. Good point. Uh, I think I I watched your playthrough and immediately backed it. So good point. I'll keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. By the way, everyone, Colin and I do do that to each other. So as much as you curse our names, when we get you to put something, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Or Colin just sends me a 20-pound box, and then I can, you know, curse him all the way to the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully you enjoy at least some of those. Because the last time that I sent you games, I don't think you enjoyed any of them. I liked one. I liked one. I liked the the, the Fallen Lands or whatever it was called. Oh, yes. Okay. The Choose Your Own Adventure book. Listen to this. Listen to what Colin sent me, everybody. (laughs) No, no. Don't say it. Don't say it. Edit this out. Edit this out. No, no, no. This is is for posterity. (laughs) Colin sent me. Deep Space D6 Armada. What a great game, what, you guys. What, what an almost great game. Like, for real. Almost yeah, could have been a great game. True. Almost could have been a great game. Been. It could have been really good. But wait for this. He sent me Dune House Secrets. That was a great one. I'll give you a hint, everybody. Join our Patreon and go watch the exclusive video on Mike's least favorite games of 2021. <laughs> See if either of those maybe. Thank you, Colin. And, and, and earlier in the year, what else did you send me, Colin? X-Men Mutant Insurrection. Great game. I loved it so much. He recorded a playthrough and immediately thought Mike should own this as soon as possible. (laughs) I thought, you know, you love that theme and that type of game. It's all for you. (laughs) Several of those statements were true. And yeah, wow. What what have I sent you, Cal? What have I sent you recently? You sent me um, It's a Wonderful World. That's a good game. That's a good game. Really good one. You sent me, oh man. I need to think now. You put me on the spot. What else did you send me? Maybe I don't send you anything. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. No, I th- you you at least sent me another game. I just can't think of it right now out of the top of my head. Well, clearly, it was a winner. <laughs> well, it's probably up there with my other 200 games. That's the problem, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, well, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. And uh, Colin, awesome to have you on again. Great to just talk to you in general. Yeah, it's been fun, man. This is we got to do this more often. And hey, Colin, uh, while you're in the uh, doldrums of working on financial stuff until midnight, we just got an email that my school district is delayed for two hours tomorrow for snow. Are you serious? So, you know, I'll be I'll be in my bed, sleeping in. I mean, not really, because my kids will wake me up at the exact same time. <laughs> anyway, who am I kidding? But I won't be at work until a little bit later than normal. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, thanks, Mike. You know, I really, really appreciated that. That was really nice of you. you know, how much snow are you getting? Like one inch? You know, yeah, exactly. Well, the, here's the problem. It's uh, it's literally starting right when like the buses would be picking up the high school students. Uh, and it's supposed to be like yeah, two to is, three inches. So yeah. it, it, it makes sense having a delay at least. But uh, yes, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Write us and let us know that we should have more Colin on the podcast because I like talking to him. I definitely would say I enjoy it. I just got to convince myself to do it. That's yes, all it is. I get it. I get it. All right. <laughs> have a great uh, week, everybody, and play some games. We'll see you next time. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list. Colin's number three of the year and okay, now I got to check. Yeah, you got to work. Uh, do, do, do. No one will be seated while Mike does Googling. <laughs> What's our channel called? One Stop Co-op Shop. <laughs> yeah, what, what is this called? Hey, Colin. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was like, that sounds just like Peter. <laughs> no, and I, was, I was like, and you know what he does? He told me. He says that he just makes it up on, in the moment. Like he just says, hey, Mike, and has no idea what he's going to say. And then something comes out. And I tried it. And as expected, when you do something like that, nothing came nothing out. Nothing comes out. Whatsoever. Gosh, I am a failure. <laughs> no, you're just not as crazy as Peter, which is actually a good thing. Count that as a success, okay? okay? Fair enough, fair enough. Might even be a crit. <laughs> <laughs>